Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. President Trump makes a new move in the nuclear standoff with North Korea. The lawyer for Jared Kushner says his client is the hero in the Russia meddling investigation. And the annual Thanksgiving turkey pardon goes to Drumstick and Wishbone. This is the State of America Tonight. Today, the United States is designating North Korea as a state sponsor of terrorism. It's mostly symbolic. North Korea is already among the most sanctioned countries in the world. President Trump says he should have left one of three UCLA basketball players in a Chinese jail after the player's dad was not sufficiently thankful. This is not presidential behavior. Come the party of Roy Moore and Donald Trump. We are the host. Jared Kushner. He is a key figure now in the Russia investigation, but his lawyer says he's actually a hero. If you look at the contents of these emails, he's the hero. Hello, I'm not Kate Baldwin. I'm John Berman in New York, live for Kate Baldwin tonight. To our viewers watching around the world, this is the State of America Tonight. Now, for most world leaders, it may be a bit of a guessing game to figure out what's on their mind. Then there's President Trump. Usually we have Twitter to thank for the broadcasting of his inner monologue. But today, he actually made news in a cabinet meeting with words he said out loud on North Korea. The United States is designating North Korea as a state sponsor of terrorism. Should have happened a long time ago. Should have happened years ago. The announcement follows a whirlwind Asia trip, months of heated rhetoric, and a show of force by the United States military in the Pacific. And while existing sanctions mean today's move, which increases those penalties, is largely symbolic, observers say it still sends a message. It really is a signal on the part of the administration to the leadership in North Korea and also to the countries in the region um, that, that the United States is, is going all out to try to pressure North Korea, not to offer them a concession to come to the table, but try, but try to pressure them to um, essentially signal to them that there is no other option for them other than to come and negotiate on giving up their nuclear program. Now, North Korea is not the only thing on the president's mind today, at least not according to his Twitter feed. He's also still concerned about not getting the right amount of praise for helping three college basketball players avoid prison in China for shoplifting. He wrote, now that the three basketball players are out of China and saved from years in jail, LeVar Ball, the father of Leangelo, is unaccepting of what I did for his son and that shoplifting is no big deal. I should have left them in jail. That was his response to LeVar Ball, who downplayed the president's effort, saying, quote, everybody wants to make it seem like he helped me out. Now, the president did not exactly take that as a thank you note. Also on the president's mind, Republican senator and presidential critic Jeff Flake caught on an open mic when he said this. Come the party of Roy Moore and Donald Trump. We, we are to be the host. Host. The president does not like 
that kind of toast. Responding, Senator Jeff Flakey, who is unelectable in the great state of Arizona, quit race anemic polls, was caught purposefully saying Mike bad on Mike bad things about your favorite president. He'll be a no on tax cuts because his political career anyway is toast. Senator Flake's office says he is still reviewing the bill and he's not the only Republican who says there is a ways to go before they can sign on. The sticking point for Senator Susan Collins, a repeal of the Obamacare mandate. And with the clock ticking on tax reform and Republicans desperate for a win, could the White House be willing to negotiate? This is what the president's buzzet chief told CNN. I don't think anybody doubts where the, where the White House is on repealing and replacing Obamacare. We absolutely want to do it. If we can repeal part of Obamacare as part of a tax bill and have a tax bill that is still a good tax bill that can pass, that's great. If it becomes an impediment to getting the best tax bill we can, then we're okay with taking it out. Stay tuned on that. And down in Alabama, the race for Senate and Roy Moore's refusal to get out of it continue to create headaches for Republicans on Capitol Hill and beyond. Today, Lee Korfman, the woman who told the Washington Post uh, that Moore molested her when she was 14, she spoke out in her first television interview. He basically laid out some blankets on the floor of his living room and proceeded to um, seduce me, I guess you would say. And during the course of that, he removed my clothing. Uh, He left the room and came back in wearing his white underwear. Corfman was 14 when she says this happened. Corfman also addressed those who questioned why she told her story now with the election just weeks away. I didn't go looking for this. This fell in my lap. It literally fell in my lap. And I had to make a decision. And I told them that at that time... um, the reporters who were all just wonderful to me, um, that if they found additional people, that I, I would tell my story. And they found those people. Up until today, the president of the White House had avoided direct contact with this race, refusing to say whether the president still supports Roy Moore. Today, that seemed to change with one of the president's top advisors all but saying that Alabamians should vote for Roy Moore and not his Democratic opponent, Doug Jones. Doug Jones is a doctrinaire liberal, which is why he's not saying anything and why the media are trying to boost him. So vote Roy Moore? I'm telling you that we want the votes in the the Senate to get this this tax bill through. And while all of these things are on the president's mind, there is one thing he would probably like to forget. That is the probe into Russia's election meddling, a probe that is bringing renewed scrutiny to his son in law, Jared Kushner. Now, Kushner's attorney is hitting back at a Senate committee request for more information while praising his own client's actions. In my communications with the Senate Judiciary Committee, I said, take these documents and let's talk about what else is relevant. They jumped the gun to make immediate event. If you look at the contents of these emails, he's the hero. He's the one who's saying there shouldn't be any contacts with foreign officials or foreign entities. That's what the Senate Judiciary Committee should pay attention to and not create some sort of partisan gotcha game. So Jared Kushner is the hero. Got that? And with the Thanksgiving holiday just days away, Turkey is on the president's mind. Tuesday, he will welcome these two. We're talking about drumstick and wishbone. They are actually turkeys to the White House, and they will be pardoned. This will be the first time President Trump takes part in the annual event. Uh, We only hope it goes on without a hitch. Coming up on State of America, 
President Trump designates North Korea as a state sponsor of terrorism, but there is another big topic he's avoiding. That's next. Right, U.S. President Donald Trump repeatedly criticized North Korea during his recent trip to Asia, and today he followed that up by placing North Korea on the list of state sponsors of terrorism. The president publicly announced new sanctions against Pyongyang at the cabinet meeting. Joining us to discuss, Kevin Sheridan, former Republican National Committee spokesman, David Katniss, senior politics writer for U.S. News and World Report, Rebecca Katz, a Democratic strategist, and Jack Kingston, a CNN political commentator, former senior advisor to the Trump campaign and a U.S. congressman. Congressman, I want to start with you putting North Korea back on the list of state sponsors of terror. Anything more than symbolism? And even if it is just symbolism, why is it important? No, I, I think it's more than symbolism because it does enable us to really do the tightest form of restrictions and sanctions that there are out there on top of what we're already doing. And then when you add that to the fact that the Chinese are uh, tightening the noose on them a little bit and the international community in general, I think it's a good move. It's interesting that President Trump has certainly ramped up the rhetoric, but at the same time, he has said he's open for diplomacy. For example, during the campaign, he said that if uh, Kim Jong-un comes to America, he will accept him. And I thought that was an interesting statement because, to my knowledge, he hasn't backed down from that. So I, I think the door is still a little bit open for diplomacy, and Tillerson is trying to make sure that happens uh, despite the rhetoric that we hear. Uh, David, you know, the night is still young, but I have yet to hear any real criticism of this move. One, because perhaps it was largely expected, but two, because I don't think anyone wants to say that North Korea is so benevolent that they shouldn't be on some list of dastardly nations. Right, and remember, they were on this list before, and it was the Bush administration Mm -hmm. that took them off uh, to try to put, you know, a carrot out there to, to, to go back to the... The table, but I think what we've learned, I think what both administrations have learned is that they're not trustworthy, that they can't be dealt with, and that, you know, this is, this is, what I, what I think is most striking about this, though, is that President Trump has this, you know, fire and fury rhetoric on Twitter to his followers, but really, if you watch his actions, it, it's more of a diplomatic approach that he's mm-hmm. taking, and when he was over there on his Asian trip, he even said, we want to avoid War. That's very different from Fire and Fury on the Twitters. Actually, I think maybe the most significant part of this is that he did not do this while he was over there, which must be for some reason. Why would it be better to wait till he got back, Kevin? Well, I don't know. The timing is, is necessarily important, but I do think it's important that it's an acknowledgement of reality. And for a long time, both administ- multiple administrations have not dealt in reality when it comes to North Korea. They just simply haven't. They thought that uh, this is a country that can be dealt with in mm-hmm. some other way. And it's just, uh, it's, it's a clear fact now that we're going to have to go to the Chinese and push them in, in every possible way. Sanctions aren't going to be the, the trick alone, but it, it certainly helps. And if we can get enforcement from China, uh, that's, that may actually bring down the regime. Rebecca, any chance you'll see Democratic pushback here? I, I doubt on the move of declaring them a state sponsor of terror, but we do see well, both Democrat and some Republican members saying they don't like the rhetoric overall, even though that's well, not what we saw today. And I think the, the issue here is what happened if, if the leader of North Korea didn't offend Trump's feelings? You know, like, 
you don't want to think of an American president making decisions just because his feelings are hurt. And I right. think right now it seems like it might be the right decision, but we don't know if there's something more to it. And that's the problem. All right. So at this cabinet meeting where he wanted to talk about North Korea, there was a subject that President Trump did not want to talk about, not at all, and one that President Trump has yet to discuss, even though he said he would when he was on his trip to Asia. That is Roy Moore, the Republican Senate candidate down in the state of Alabama. Listen to reporters trying to get an answer out of the president. Thank you. Your thoughts on Roy Moore, Mr. President? Do you believe his accusers? Do you believe Roy Moore's accusers, Mr. President? Thank you very much. Uh So that's a picture that says more than a thousand words right there. President Trump, I'm not just not going to answer. I'm going to cross my arms as a way of telling you I'm not going to answer. I mean, what could he possibly say at this point? I mean, he has he's done some pretty bad things himself if he puts himself out there for Roy Moore. Like, I mean, in what way is he going to do it? He has his uh, Kellyanne Conway went on today to say that they wanted that seat. And it's they don't they don't care about morals. They just they just want that vote. Well, go ahead. Well, right, Rebecca, you will agree that in terms of message discipline, that was a good thing. <laughs> and, 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 and I don't take that lightly. I just think that in terms of message discipline, it's always important. Just give him time. Give him time. You know? For three weeks, three more weeks, though, this is going to be really tough for President Trump to stay out of this and not say anything. But this is a lot. I mean, this campaign is not till December. But, but, this election is not till December 12th. He, he's is he not going to say anything? He's going to the money. The senatorial money is not going to, to more. We all know that the president of the party controls that money. He has spoken when he was overseas. He, he said if it's true, he needs to drop out. Yeah, he's he spoken through a Jeff Sessions. He's, through, he's spoken through Jeff Sessions and Ivanka. And now, um, well, say Kelly, we'll come. Let's get, I want to get to Kellyanne Conway in a second, but Kevin, you were trying to get in here. The most important thing he can do is cut off the funding from the RNC. It's a, it's a clear signal of support uh, that he does not support this candidate. But Kellyanne Conway is now confusing the issue by saying we need that seat. I do agree with her. We need the votes for, for tax reform. I don't know that we're ever going to get that vote from Mount Alabama uh, seated uh, Roy Moore because I don't think he's going to actually be seated if he wins. Well, that may be the case. I was surprised to hear Kellyanne Conway say what she said today, Congressman, frankly, what? given given how hard this White House has worked not to say anything or not to say anything more than the people of Alabama should decide. Kellyanne Conway, who for our international audience is a senior advisor to the president, all but said that she wants Alabamians to vote for Roy Moore, which is way further out on the limb than anyone else in the White House is willing to go. It, it, it is, and I'm wondering if that's an orchestrated statement, carefully calculated, or if that was just, okay, we're in a tribal situation now where everybody goes home to their team and, and you, um, you vote for somebody who is not pro-gun control, who's not um, pro-choice, who's going to support the president's choice for Supreme Court justices and so forth. And, and I think there is a tribalism that is going to be a factor in people's But you're not denying the, all the rest of us who were watching as an audience getting that message that Kellyanne Conway supporting Roy Moore, that that was what was being sent this morning. I, I think that was sent. But it's just that we have seen Kellyanne sometimes say some things that the, the White House might back off. Rebecca. I, Kellyanne Conway was the first woman defending Trump after the Access Hollywood tr- uh, video. She knows exactly what she's doing when she goes out there. She's making the president happy. She's a bu- great bureaucratic infighter. She knows what makes the man happy. I think he wanted her to say this today. Republicans are in c- conflicted about what to do because there is no good real option for them. And I think you, you read the president's face on that. Kelly Con- Kellyanne Conway's sort of, you know, halfway in comments, I think, represent that. They're in a no-win situation here. I, I mean, Kevin, David's talking about you behind your back. He, he, he says you're <laughs> conflicted uh, as to what to do. He's right over there. Is he right? 
Republicans are conflicted. There is, there is no good answer. The Alabama Republican Party stands alone in supporting Roy Moore. I, the White House has not officially put any support, to, despite what Kellyanne Conway said today. They've shown over and over again, though, the Trump team does try to influence the president through the media. And that may be what's happening here. She may be trying to push him in one direction while others are pushing him in another. I, I don't... I don't see him fully backing Roy Moore, though. You think this can last three weeks, the Davis question. You think that he can do the arm cross, you know, for three weeks? We're going to have to hide his phone. Yeah, it'll, it'll, it'll be tough. We haven't seen him show that kind of discipline. He did do three weeks without Twitter uh, at the end of the 2016 campaign, and he tightened the race and won it. So somebody needs to make that case uh, to him. Rebecca Al Franken, a senator from the state of Minnesota. CNN is reporting today that a woman says that he touched her rear end uh, during a, when they were taking a picture together in, in 2010. I mean, it's troubling. I mean, all these guys in in Washington who have been there for years and who kind of had their way, they're all they're all getting a, a hard look right now. But the problem is for the Democrats is that, you know, you have you have Al Franken on one side and then you have the president who is accused of much, much worse things, um, you know, still in power. And it's just like we don't as Democrats, we don't want to be in the position where we're defending the gropers um, because they're not as bad as, you know, the rapists. You know, like that's not that's not a feminist position over here. So it's it's a slippery slope and it's, it's not good. Congressman, do you have to condemn each and all equally or you do you need to take each case? I, I think you one. do have to take each case one by one. I think in the picture of, uh, with, with Al Franken, you do have a photo. And then there is that question, will there be other women? But one of the things Rebecca touched base on, and, and I did not know, I was a member of Congress for 22 years, but I heard that there were 260 cases that were brought up, settled for $14 million. And I got to tell you, I knew nothing no. about that. I don't think most members do. And it's not necessarily member on no. staff. It's staff to it's staff. A, it's, seven, it's, 17, it's 17 million. Some of the, the, the claims include workplace harassment. The name might be sexual abuse, but it's still $17 million. It's a lot. We don't know the names. By law right now, there are members who want to see that change. Something yeah. we'll talk about a lot coming up. All right, also coming up, Jared Kushner's attorney says his client is the hero when it comes to Russian election meddling. What exactly does he mean? And the Senate Judiciary Committee is playing a game of gotcha by accusing him of withholding documents. We'll discuss this next. This is not the first time Jared Kirshner has done this. He made two false and misleading security clearance applications, all of which conveniently omitted information related to Russia. So either Jared Kirshner had massive selective amnesia on Russia, or he did something bad last year. All right, Democratic Congressman Ted Lieu there accusing Donald Trump's son-in-law, Jared Kushner, of being less than truthful when it comes to the Russia investigation. But Kushner's attorney is firing back against claims that his client did not come clean to the Senate Judiciary Committee, saying that emails show Kushner is actually the hero in this whole equation. So let's bring back the panel. David, you know, Jared Kushner, he's in the middle of a lot here. Maybe a lot of nothing, but he's in the middle of it. I think we can all agree on that. What this is, it has to do with WikiLeaks, among other things. Donald Trump Jr. exchanged private messages with WikiLeaks during the campaign. Donald Trump Jr. sent an email to Jared Kushner explaining this. Jared Kushner forwarded this email to Hope Hicks. Then Jared Kushner told the Senate Judiciary Committee that he had no knowledge of any campaign contact with WikiLeaks. Right. But look, Jared, as the congressman said in that clip, he's been wrong. He's been lying or at least forgetting things before. 
about his contacts with Russia. Well, they so, say forgetting, or they say well, not Well, I mean, look, he, he didn't... How many security clearance forms did he... Did he not file properly all the contacts that he had that he did not properly list. That's that's a lot of context. And to forget these type of meetings, you're, you're going to forget a meeting you had with a Russian operative in, in Trump Tower in June of 2016. You, I mean, come on. I would remember that meeting. So I think Kushner has a lot of credibility problems just to start with. On the emails, let's see all of the emails. And we, we don't have the whole picture. This is the problem with this Mueller investigation. We're getting, you know, pieces and strands of it without the whole thing. And, you know, maybe the attorney's right. Maybe these emails will show that, that he is a hero. I think that's a little bit of a laudatory... Uh, One thing I do know is that Abby Lowell's a pretty good lawyer. Uh, is he making the best case he can right there, Kevin? Well, one thing is clear, the, uh, the Trump team is pretty sloppy, and they should have answered these questions up front and gotten all the information out as soon as possible because this is how investigations go. But look, the, the criticism of the Trump team now is kind of, I think, uh, unimportant because there's a, a special prosecutor with right. absolutely unlimited power to investigate anybody as far back as they want for anything he wants. And uh, he's got 13, 14 shark lawyers on this that are going right. to turn over every rock and get them if they did anything wrong. If we really want to know what happened in, the Ru- in 2016 about Russia, I think you know, a blue ribbon com- commission like a, a 9-11 commission would actually do it, investigate everything, look at every single tie both campaigns had. We could do it. But look, and they're not going to get off on anything here. Right. And here's the thing about Kushner. I mean, I seem to remember a big, glossy profile of him after the, the campaign ended about how he was the mastermind of the whole campaign. Which I'm sure he regrets right. now more than anything. But go ahead. And if you look at, so the Trump campaign had 31, at least 31 communications with the Russians. They, they met with the Russians at least 19 times. It's the Washington Post yeah, count. exactly. You're going to tell me that Jared Kushner wasn't at the middle of that? Uh, he was at the center, and, he, and luckily his father-in-law is the president, so he's, I think, looking for that pardon already. Go ahead, Congressman. Uh, well, I, I think a lot of it depends on if these emails are material, and so far they do not, not look to be very material. And it's also stuff, if you can show, listen, I forwarded 200 emails a day that I didn't want to mess with. He had one statement. He said, if the email is too long, I never touched it. And uh, that could have been the case. And I, th- I think that, you know, it, the investigation is going to have to weigh that out. Um, you know, I, I do say of somebody who was involved with the campaign, not in the inner, inner mm-hmm. circle, but I absolutely do not believe there was any collusion with uh, Russia. I do know that when the Washington Post counts something, if they talk about can I, can meeting I, with ambassadors at the RNC, it's a little ridiculous. Do you think the Russians were trying? For, forgetting forgetting I, whether I, or not anyone in the Trump campaign yes, wanted think, to collude. Do you think the Russians were trying to lure some campaign staffers? I, I think in? they were. I think they were pinging probably all of the campaigns, not just Hillary's, not just uh, Trump's, mm-hmm. but probably all the candidates just to see. And I think that's, that, that's part of what isn't they did. Isn't that at a minimum a huge deal? That, I, I isn't that, is, isn't I that what everyone should be concerned about? Then? It, and, and you know what? I think that that's where the Senate committee really is um, going. This is something that should be a big picture for all of us. And I think the House committee is doing that more and more, um, trying to make it, trying to move it off of a, maybe a partisan, but to a, hey, this is real. And if they do come and they get to certain people, we need to know about it. All right, last question is going to be on basketball. Donald Trump versus LeVar Ball, the father of Lonzo and Leandro Ball. Any basketball fans here? Any basketball fans here? All right, who wins this? For those who don't know, LeVar Ball is probably the most hated basketball father in America right now, in some cases. Sticking up for his son, though, who was imprisoned in China for shoplifting. The president was involved in getting released. Not thankful enough, according to the president. Who wins this back well, and forth? Well, to put it in basketball terms, Donald Trump is the 
you know, Michael Jordan of trash talking on Twitter. And, <laughs> and Michael Jordan is actually a trash talker, too. But uh, this doesn't really I, I, I just consider this to be noise. I don't think this matters much. He's doing it to Jeff Flake as well. Ultimately, Jeff Flake is going to vote for tax reform or not on his own merits. And, uh, and this, this story will. Scotty Pippen, five second last word. I, I, Keystone Pipeline. It was hur- across a major hurdle to be built in uh, Nebraska today. Nobody's paying attention because they're worrying about LeVar Ball. And it was leaking on Friday. We'll leave it there. <laughs> Guys, thank you one and all. Kevin, David, Rebecca, Jack, I really appreciate it. Uh, this is day 305 of President Trump's administration, and that is the State of America Tonight. You can check out our podcast, subscribe at Apple Podcasts or your favorite app. We'll be back here tomorrow. When you work, you work next level. When you play, you play next level. And when it's time to sleep, Sleep Number smart beds are designed to embrace your uniqueness, providing you with high-quality sleep every night. Sleep next level. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599. Save $300 for a limited time, only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Prices higher in Alaska and Hawaii. Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number smart bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.